the only complaint. The dome wasn't open. But you can't control the weather. You can control the outcome. 6-1. Jays win. Very, very fun one. Didn't seem like it was going that way for a little while. A couple of historic and near-historic things in this one. Let's check them off right off the top. Near-historic. Ross Stripling goes six perfect. Allows a single to start the seventh. Still pretty good. History that was accomplished, though. Ryan Mountcastle did not get a hit today. That's even bigger news for the Jays. He goes 0 for 4 with a pair of strikeouts. Uh, 6-1 victory. This one was a lot of fun. Felt like uh, it, we spoke pregame to John Schneider, and he said that his hope was that once you have one game like this, it gets going. Or maybe you have an inning where it's hit after hit after hit, and that gets guys going. The floodgates open, as he said. Well, look at that seventh inning. Six runs. Five hits, couple walks, a hit by a pitch. Eleven batters come to the plate, including the pinch-hitting George Springer. John Schneider got the first part of what he was looking for. You get one win. You get one inning where everyone's touching the ball, so to speak, and things build. Felt at least a little cathartic here at Rogers Center with 40,000-plus here for the day game, by the way. Crowd's been excellent lately, but late yesterday, there was not a lot of energy in the Rogers Center. And when Ross Stripling came out of the game after six perfect innings and uh, one runner left inherited for Jimmy Garcia in the seventh, and he wasn't in line for the win, the energy felt a little low here as well. Big Big credit to George Springer coming through with a ripped line drive into center for a pinch hit RBI single. Santiago Espinal comes through with a two run. They score it as a double. I always thought you should get credit for the triple if you sneak over to third on the throw home. Uh, Danny Jansen walks. Guriel gets an RBI walk. Alejandro Kirk puts one into left field for a two run double. Espinal, by the way, five hits over yesterday and today. Might be coming out of that uh, that prolonged slump he's been in. Couldn't have been better time than this one. A story, though, that the bats getting going is huge. Austin Voth went six very good innings opposite Stripling's six perfect. Uh, two hits, one walk, and just 86 pitches. It wasn't until the bullpen came in that the Jays got going against Crable, Perez, Head. All those relievers almost brought in a fourth in that same inning. Zach Britton still wasn't even warming up. Um, Ross Tripling, the big story from this one, though. Six-pitch first inning. He should have known he was on. The changeup was ridiculous most of the day. Cedric Mullins tried to bunt his way aboard at one point because the Orioles couldn't get anything going. Um, at the end of six, he had thrown just 67 pitches and was perfect. And that's when you're starting to do the mental math of, well, he threw 66 or 67 in his AAA rehab start. His season high is 94. They were thinking about 80 in this one. Uh, he hadn't thrown 80-plus since mid-July. Ends up not mattering. Mullins singles to center, moves over to second on an out. And then Jimmy Garcia comes in. But Ross Stripling finishes with six and a third innings pitched, zero walks, zero runs, one hit, seven strikeouts. He also had 13 swing and misses, which was his third most on the season. And 35% of the pitches he threw today were either called or swinging strikes. That's the CSW percentage we sometimes reference that's really good. That was also his third best mark of the season. You got to go back to, there's still that Red Sox start from April that'll stand out as his his best of the year probably. But this is tremendous work. His ERA on the season now down to 293. It's down to 277 as a starter. You got to start thinking uh, when we have these conversations about Jose Brios getting it back on track or how you manage that in the third wildcard game hypothetically 
Russ Stripling very earnestly in that conversation. You can call us with your thoughts on this one, whether it's a blip, whether it's a breakthrough, whether you just want to uh, let out a, a verbal fist pump. You can call us at 416-870-0590 or 888-666-0590 or just hit star 590 on your mobile you can also text the 590 590 or tweet at me at blake murphy odc uh, we'll try to get to as many of those as we can i believe we have uh our first caller we've got ricky in thornhill on the line uh ricky what's up hey ricky hey blake how's it going how are you did you just say hey ricky when i introduced you it's hard to say you got to play back the tape all right uh ricky what's up man like you, I was sad the dome wasn't open. You know, there was no rain, but the game being played underneath the devil's sky, I kind of get it. But I have a question for you, because it was nice to see the team put up a battle cry, see everyone contribute, not to have the Jays lineup really be a one-winged angel. But with Chapman at leadoff, I want to talk about the lineup, the fresh look. What do you think the team could really do to make it so that they're the best bout machine they could be? Yeah, it's it's a tough one, because, you know, in so many ways in life, we care about the Omega, but in in batting order it's more about the top it's the alpha it's the beta um i thought the matt chapman approach was worthwhile uh no springer in the lineup i I think they've really started to like guriel in the three spot um and then obviously until he rounds out of this bobachette's going to be a little further down Um, i got a couple dms about this one during the game as well i i've talked about this a handful of times this season i'm not a big believer in those tiny, tiny, tiny statistical advantages you get from a perfectly optimized batting order mattering as much as are guys comfortable? Are they in a routine or a flow or whatever? But when things aren't going well, when you are struggling to the degree that they've been struggling at the plate the last 10 days or so, uh, yeah, you can do the the blender lineup or whatever, uh, pull it out of a hat. So uh, I'm okay with it. I, I think this was, uh, you know, a five-star game, Ricky, I think – you know, were this to be played at a, a different dome, maybe you could even go six star. Uh, but yeah, it was a fun one. And, uh, you know, I don't know that the win means you necessarily have to run back the same lineup. If George Springer's in there tomorrow, obviously you won't. Uh, but I think being having Vlad in the two spot being the only thing that's locked in day to day, as long as uh, Springer, well, Springer at the one when he plays, uh, I think you're okay with that. Um, we've got another call here from. Wow. From New Jersey. This is at least when I've been doing Jay's Talk post game. I believe this is our first international call. We got Russ in New Jersey. Russ, what's up? Uh, good. Thank you for taking my call. You know, you can also credit the Baltimore Orioles manager for making one of the dumbest pl- calls I've ever seen by taking out the righty to face Toppy and bringing in the lefty, and he knew they were going to go to Springer. How clueless can you be? I, I just couldn't believe it. And the, the, the Oriole pitcher had good numbers against left-handed, left-handed batters. I was just shocked, you know, that he, that he, that he led. And then he, he hangs an 0-2 pitch, the guy, over the plate to Springer, which, you know, an 0-2 pitch, you, you try to get it in the dirt with one out and hopefully he swings. But, you know, it was definitely a great inning. Like you said, stripling's a story. You have, you know, Barrios – it's been bad, flat-out bad this year. And if you can have three pitchers, Manoa, Gosman, and, you know, Stripling going in game three, that's, you know, that's a very, very good thing to have. Um, but, you know, we got to make the playoffs first before we uh, we make our rotation for the playoffs. So it's a good win, but remember, it's only one. You're going to go play a wounded Yankees team tomorrow, whether they win or lose tonight. And you know they're gonna have they 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 gotta you know play with them the four and eight against them this year and they've got shut out three times and I think nine out of twelve games they've scored three runs or less so the, the work is cut out for in New York and uh, hopefully it'll be a good weekend series with the Yankees. I uh, hope you're right, Russ. Russ in New Jersey. Thanks for that. And you're right. The the CNL Perez against George Springer matchup. I I could at least understand what they're thinking to some degree because. Um, you know, CNL Perez doesn't have traditional platoon splits this year in a pretty decent sample against righties. George Springer's actually hit lefties worse this year than he's hit righties, uh, which is true for a lot of Blue Jays. Uh, but big picture, you got to know Springer's lurking there. And even if not Springer, you've got Whit Merrifield there who, um, you know, you, you could maybe get a, a little 
rally continuation going with it if it's a good day for him. But, no, you don't want a lefty facing George Springer. And this is, you know, there's been criticism of the Blue Jays lineup being too right-handed heavy this year. And that's certainly not – that hasn't borne out in the results where the, the Jays are the second-best offensive baseball against right-handed pitching this year, and they've actually struggled against lefties. But that example – is where you'd like to have a good lefty or two in the lineup because it forces a tough decision on a Brandon Hyde, who has had a tremendous season as a manager. Um, and then, you know, if, if you can just go righty, 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 righty all the way through the lineup, that that's a nice easy one um, for a manager. Now, he had also used Batista and Tate two days in a row, um, and CNL Perez is kind of a, his next guy up in terms of uh, the trust tree. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's why you like to have some versatility. I, I'm not going to advocate for George Springer coming off the bench every game, but it's nice to have a, a guy like that uh, off the bench as well. We got a funny one in the text line from Nate in Burlington. He asks, uh, I think we need $1 chicken strips for Ross Stripling's home starts. That, of course, playing off the Looney Dogs every Tuesday home game. I'll say this. I haven't partaken in the Looney Dogs. Uh, the only Tuesday games I've been at this year were ones that I happen to be working, and I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to make Ben Wagner lose respect for me by, by coming back up with a handful of Looney Dogs. You could get me there with, with strips, though, and I think I'd probably uh, embarrass myself, Nate. So maybe let's not do that one just yet. Um, Ryan from Caledon asks, uh, when does somebody want to admit Stripling might be the ace of the staff? I read the numbers out. 293 ERA overall, 277 ERA as a starter. I don't think you can call it, and, and I don't know how um, you know earnest or, or half-joking this question is, um, but you can't go ace of the staff, of course, because you haven't trusted Stripling really third time through the order. You haven't trusted him to go the full kind of workhorse pitch totals. Um, Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman are, are your one-two, and it would take a lot to change that. I do think, though, you can start uh, thinking about that third game of the playoffs or even long-term what Ross Stripling's role is. By the way, speaking of the starting rotation, you surely saw it if you were on social media or you were watching the game on TV. I know Ben Wagner mentioned it to, uh, beside me on the radio call as well. Yusei Kikuchi was sitting in the bullpen tonight, this afternoon rather. John Schneider confirmed after the game that Yusei Kikuchi is in the bullpen now. They didn't say specifically who's going to pitch on Saturday, but it's Mitch White. Um, I will spoil that surprise for you right now. They'll go Mitch White because it's Barrios Gosman the next two days, and then it's uh, Manoa on Sunday. Fill in the blank. It was stripling today. So Mitch White will go Saturday, it sure looks like, and Yusei Kikuchi will be used out of the bullpen. Um, Schneider saying that he expects Kikuchi to contribute uh, shorter stints, uh, but valuable ones. And there you go. Our pal Shai Davidi uh, confirming that Mitch White gets the nod on Saturday. So you want to look ahead to that series. You're looking at Barrios against Montes on Thursday, Gosman against Tyon, White against Garrett Cole, and Manoa against Nestor Cortez. That's, uh, that, that is quite a Sunday matchup. That is a, that's a heater. Um, that'll be a good one. Friday night, too, uh, the Apple... TV Plus game, Gosman against Tyon. It, they're, all, they're all fun. It's the Jays against the Yankees uh, with both teams in a playoff race right now. Can't go wrong with those ones. Uh, we got another call in the call line. Again, you can just hit star 590 if you want to call in, or you can call 888-666-0590 and keep the text coming to 590-590. We already got a lot, so I don't know how well I'll keep up with them, so apologies in advance. But we got Aaron in Toronto on the line, um, and it's a uh, prescient question given what i just said uh what i just passed on from judge steinder aaron what's up yeah thanks for taking my call i just want to say like uh kikuchi is someone from day one in my opinion if you watched his mechanics you watched his fundamentals it was like this guy is too deliberate and when he tries to be you know somewhat um you know tries to disguise his pitch that's when he becomes erratic and it's like so this guy in my opinion from day one was never someone i wanted on our mound my question is what can we do with him? I don't think he belongs in the bullpen, but is there anything else we could possibly do with him? Like, can we put him down below, bring someone else up? Can we, tr well, obviously we can't trade him, but like, is there anything else we can do with this guy at this point? That's my question. 
Yeah, thanks, Aaron. I appreciate the question. I think the only thing to try right now really is the bullpen. You could send him down to the minors, but he already did the IL stint and the rehab start down there um, to try to get some mental space and to get uh, an outing to work on some stuff. They tweaked his mechanics. The truth is the Jays are paying him $16 million this year. They're in a playoff race. If they think they can get four useful relief appearances out of him the rest of the way, you got to try that. Um, Now the case for him being, I've been with you generally in being a little bit skeptical about his ability to thrive in a bullpen role because he, it hasn't been an issue where it's second time through the order where he's struggling. It hasn't been an issue where, well, you don't have enough pitches uh, to get through a full start. It is almost exclusively been he struggles early on and he struggles with the fastball command. And if those things are true in a bullpen role, he'll continue to struggle in that role. However, he does throw gas from the left side. Uh, he has great extension in his delivery. Um, our pal Eno Saris from The Athletic came on a couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago now, and I asked him the same question. What what would make you think Kikuchi could be a good reliever? And for him, it's what relievers do is they don't tend to throw faster or harder necessarily, but they throw their hardest more often. So instead of going 95, 96, 97, maybe you go 96, 97, 97, and you're higher up there. So maybe that little boost in short bursts helps. Um, You certainly like the slider's chances of playing up as a bullpen pitch for sure. He's also been pretty hard on lefties this year. So if you can find a lefty-righty-lefty part of the order, I just think you have to, to try this because for right now, you don't have... Uh, another option with him really um, at least not one that's obvious or, or like sure you could send him to triple a uh, try to get him to work on it there and call Mac Gage up or something like that uh, but there's not another starter who's knocking on the door down there probably be Thomas Hatch uh, which you saw how the, he's pitching better these days but you saw how it went last time he came up you could call another relief arm up like Matt Gage you could um, you know, Taylor Sacedo, Tim Meza, Julian Merriweather, all of those guys are progressing closer to returns. Maybe you need the spot at some point. For right now, you got to see if something can click like this. Uh, and then you will go back to trying to stretch Kikuchi out as a starter, I guess, in the offseason now. Um, short of, you know, Mitch White being a disaster or someone else needing to, to come out to start. So that's the Kikuchi thing. It's going to be very interesting to watch this weekend. Uh, The Yankees are very good. Uh, And I know that that hasn't been the case lately. But do you want to watch Yusei Kikuchi start against the Yankees right now? Probably not. Can you find a spot to bring him in around Anthony Rizzo, Andrew Benintendi, Estevan Florial, where he's not facing really tough righties? I don't know. We'll see. The the Yankees have a couple switch hitters, too, that you you maybe prefer to be hitting against a left-handed pitcher as well. Um, But you certainly don't want an inning where, you know, a judge comes up or a LeMahieu, um, even to a lesser degree, an Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Like, like they have have some guys who will be tough on lefties. It'll be really interesting to see um, not only how he does in that role, how he's deployed, and how Mitch White does as a starter. We're going to take a little break. We've got some uh, Santiago Espinal uh, audio that we're going to kick to when we come back. Uh, we're going to take a look around the league, too, and give you a standings update. All that is next as Jay's Talk continues on the Sportsnet Radio Network. 1-0. Espinal cracks one to the gap in right center field. That's down for a base hit. Going all the way to the wall. Pachette turns the corner. He's coming home. Springer's right behind him. The throw to the plate by Odor. Not in time. Two-run base hit by Espinal. And the Blue Jays have finally broken it open here in the seventh. 3-0 Toronto. Welcome back to Jays Talk. I'm Blake Murphy, still down here at Rogers Center. One of my favorite things, uh, the end of a series, and you're hanging out a little late at Rogers Center, so you see everyone kind of packing up and, and getting it ready for, for six days off, or uh, no, longer than that. 
because they got the Yankees and then the Red Sox. They, they, you got a little break here. Um, that was Ben Wagner's call as Santiago Espinal rips a two-run double as part of a six-run seventh inning. Jays win 6-1. The bats come alive in that inning. Russ Stripling is perfect through six before allowing a hit in the top of the seventh. Jimmy Garcia, Zach Pop, David Phelps rounded out. Uh, I also got to learn what Ben Wagner's version of a, as Red Auerbach used to, used to call it, the, the victory cigar. He had borrowed a pen from me today with two outs uh, in the ninth. He handed it back. No need for that pen. That much confidence in David Phelps against Austin Hayes. Uh, and who could blame him? It was a good day for the Blue Jays. It was a tight one. It was a, a tense one when Stripling comes out of the game after such a great start and doesn't have the lead. It felt like maybe another day the bats wouldn't come through. So Jimmy Garcia ends up with the win, but Ross Stripling, six and a third shutout. ERA down to 293. I'm sure we're going to talk about Ross Stripling uh, even more tomorrow on Jays Talk Plus. And in the days to come, uh, he would be in line to start the first game of the New York Yankees, uh, of the Boston Red Sox series next week, rather, um, as long as the Jays don't juggle up the rotation coming out of an off day Monday. We do know that Yusei Kikuchi will not be in the rotation for the time being. He is now in the bullpen. John Schneider confirming everyone's sleuthing from during the game. The Jays were in a tough spot in this one where... I mean, I don't know how much they're looking at the standings every day. I certainly know Jays fans are looking at the standings every day. Had they lost this one, they would have fallen behind the Baltimore Orioles and out of a playoff spot. So with that, it's now time for the Bet365 standings update. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book. 19 plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. So, the Jays could have fallen out of the playoff picture with a loss in this one. Instead, they get the 6-1 victory against Baltimore. They are now a game and a half clear of the Orioles. Looking around baseball, the Mariners up big on the Angels right now. 9-3 in the sixth. And you had the Minnesota Twins beat the Kansas City Royals earlier 4-0. Where that leaves the wildcard standings, assuming Seattle rounds this one out, or closes it out rather, um, big lead late in that one, so we'll, we'll go with the assumption there. Seattle would be in the top wild card spot. A game behind them, the Tampa Bay Rays. A game and a half behind Seattle, and half a game behind the Tampa Bay Rays is the Toronto Blue Jays at 62-54. and 54. Tampa play the, the Yankees a little later, so that part of it could change. Um, the Jays in that final wild card spot, one game up on Minnesota right now, one and a half up on Baltimore, one and a half up on the White Sox, who play Houston later. And the Red Sox still kind of lurking four and a half back. They're at the Pirates later. So this thing is going to be tight a while longer. Even if the Mariners hold on tonight, you're talking about three games separating six teams for three spots. You can also throw the Cleveland Guardians in there because the AL Central's a part of this race as well. They have just a half game lead in the division. So it's going to be it's going to be tense. Yankees have lost 8 of 10. They've lost 3 in a row. They still have a plus 195 run differential on the year. You might have some confidence or fear uh, in the Yankees bouncing back. There was a little National League action early today too. Nothing all that meaningful. The Cubs beat the Nationals, the Reds beat the Phillies. Uh, the big news in that one, Joey Votto announcing to media that he'll undergo season-ending rotator cuff surgery. So uh, now having played the most games of any Canadian in baseball history, having gotten in his visit to the Rogers Center, um, no longer able to play through that rotator cuff issue, Avado, uh, done for the year. If you're looking at AL games with playoff implications later, you've got Astros at White Sox, you've got Tigers at Guardians, and you've got Rays at Yankees, the big one, and kind of Red Sox at Pirates. Um, but the Jays did their part, steered out of it, kept themselves from falling behind Baltimore and out of a playoff position for today. So that's your Bet365 standings update. Um, 
it's going to be look whoever paid for that ad spot and that ad idea owning the standings update the rest of the season is one of the best ad buys you could possibly imagine um we'll uh we'll see how that goes it, it was a really fun day down at the ballpark um i love afternoon weekday games during the summer because you get lots of families out there's 40,000 plus today um my friend friends john and mel brought their daughter julia and their son jj out to the game believe it was their first games uh you always like hearing and seeing things like that lots of kids around the ballpark and around the stadium beforehand lots of families uh it's a blast and probably a lot of people slacking off of work as well and uh you know taking a taking an early start a lot of people slacking off of work calling in to the call line you can keep your calls coming triple eight six 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 zero five ninety or star five ninety uh or you can text five ninety five ninety we've got a bunch uh we have what is with the uh, the u.s callers today coming through big time um andrew i'm going to get to you in one second but i, I want to answer a text uh it was a tweet from ben and petrolia earlier in the game is george springer the most important player to the blue jays on the roster Given the Jays' reluctance to put him on the IL, bringing him back before he can play the field, pinch hitting on a rest day, uh, yeah, Ben, I, it's uh, I still think Vlad is the most important in that when he is hot, it resolves so many things and trickles down uh, throughout the batting order. But Springer in that leadoff spot is immensely important. You see the confidence he brings and sets the table with. Obviously, the ability to pinch hit with him today, um, he's huge. He's immensely important. That's why they paid the money. That's why his, the health of his elbow was an everyday thing. Um, I teased some Espinal and Stripling audio from a little earlier, but I know we have Andrew on the line. So we're going to get to Andrew from Omaha, Nebraska, First, Andrew, uh, I hope this question is about bright eyes. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> the only uh, thing I know yeah. about Omaha. Yeah, uh, Omaha does not have a Major League Baseball team. So, yeah, when I went shopping, uh, I just loved the way that the Blue Jays looked when they were playing. They just yeah, they, you they have the Royals the AAA team, else. though, right? Royals AAA? Uh, yeah, yeah, Storm Chasers are there. Um, Max Castillo just got sent here. I'm excited to see him play. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, but you know, I I wanted to comment that you know, uh, Kikuchi looked like the most relieved reliever I've ever seen when he was sitting and sitting back there. Um, <laughs> and I I just uh, what was it? There were two things. Uh, one, I heard Blair Barker this last week talking about how Kikuchi's contract um, has something in there where he has to agree to be sent down to the minor leagues. Yeah. So as long as he's willing to stay there in the majors, I mean, they're just gonna you know, park him in the bullpen for that long. Uh, but even the fact that he's there really kind of um, it gives me a lot of hope that the front office can change. I mean, maybe it's like trying to move some humongous battleship or something and turn it around, but that there is movement. You know, it's not like playing the same bad poker hand to just keep betting and betting and betting because of the $36 million you've already put in the pot. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You can't chase bad money with good money, as it were. Now, if we, we, we have to be honest about you know, how sunk costs sometimes work in sports and that Kikuchi's probably going to get a lot of chances. He'll get a chance to compete for a rotation spot again next year. They'll stretch him out. They'll see if they can fix what ailed them this year. Um, but for right now, yeah, he's in the bullpen. And, and I, don't, I don't know that he would say no to a minor league assignment. I don't know that the Jays would have wanted that versus trying to get some value out of him. Uh, in the bullpen, at least for right now. Uh, so, yeah, it's not, it's good to see him kind of relieved back there. And as uh, my pal Spencer joked on, I think it was Spencer, joked on Twitter yesterday uh, or earlier today, um, people complain that the Jays didn't spend money on their bullpen, and now you've got Kikuchi's contract back there. Uh, so there you go. Um, Ross Stripling, the story today, though, of course, and part of the reason you're comfortable moving Yusei Kikuchi to the bullpen is that Ross Stripling has unquestionably locked down a rotation spot six and a third shutout innings today six of them were perfect uh era now now below three even better just as a starter ross stripling spoke post game and i want to play that audio here um 
Stripling is a thoughtful interview in general. Um, he was very much that when his role was uncertain. We had him on the fan morning show in the off season, and you know his role was up in the air then, and he was talking about things like trying to, at this point, it's going to sound hilarious now, but uh, at that point we thought he was going to be competing with Nate Pearson for the number five starter role and, um, you know, maybe trying to mentor him a little bit on, on the back and forth of the roles or, or playing the ball inning role. Um, and he's also, you know, he was the team's union rep through the lockout stuff. It, he's just a good guy to hear from at any time, but to hear him this one coming off an injury, having one of the best starts of his career, uh, always great. Here's Ross Stripling after the game. You know, now an hour plus removed from it, uh, probably not my best moment. But I, you know, I saw Yimmy getting hot. I knew I was probably on a pitch count of sorts. It's a zero-zero game. Anytime the managers in my Blue Jays careers come out there, that meant my outing was over, right? And so I was just convinced my outing was over. And so were Bo and Chappie and. SB, everyone's like saying, you know, congratulations, you did great today. That was awesome. Like, it would have been sweet if you could have finished it kind of stuff. You know, you get 30 seconds before Schneids gets there. So I have shut it down, right? And that's just kind of what you do. It's like you have this weight on your shoulders that you're pitching with, and then when you think your outing's over, it just flutters away, right? So Schneid gets there, and it's like, how you feeling? You want this guy? And I was like, uh, you know, it just like, it kind of shocked me. I thought he was just going to hand the ball and say, like, you know, good job, whatever. So I, you know, put my glove over my face and just say, like, honestly, Schneid's, I've shut it down. Those are my exact words. I said, I've shut it down. And Bo kind of laughs and I kind of laugh. And, it, you know, I think it's, I should have stayed locked in because I didn't know for sure. But, um, you know, all of the reps up to that moment had said that my outing was over. So, and as a guy that has shut it down before and been asked to go back out or to finish an inning or whatever, it's gone horribly uh probably 10 times out of 10 so i was honest there and i said i've shut it down and so schneid's took the ball and went to yimmy who did his job and kept a zero there did you appreciate that he was giving you the option at that point yeah for sure uh i wish there was a way i could have known ahead of time and and finished that outing and and try to get out of the seventh inning there um you know but definitely you know that he trusts me there even with someone like yimmy warm against a righty you know with my third time facing their best hitter you know, that he came out and said, you want this guy, you know, that's awesome. Gives me a lot of trust and confidence that he has that in me. So, you know, next time I'll be ready for it. Before that, obviously, you had a perfect game for the six, and I saw in the dugout it looked like guys weren't coming near you. What was going through your mind throwing that, and and what was your reaction about the season? I would say business as usual through five. After the fifth was kind of on my radar a little bit. Knew I didn't have a lot of pitches. Was thinking about my debut where I got pulled in the eighth uh, and a no hitter in my debut. That comes to mind for sure. And then I come to find out that it was like part of Sportsnet before the game. They were talking about that randomly. So I was like, you guys need to play that every time now. Um, and but really, it's it business as usual with Jano. Uh, we were going over like kind of what we want to do first pitch to each guy, especially the first guy of the inning. So we get through the sixth and we're talking about Mullins and we're like, we haven't showed him a curveball yet. You know, he's probably, I doubt he swings at it. Let's, you know, flip one in there, get ahead, and then go to work from there. And that's what I did. I flipped it in there, and you can kind of see, like, kind of saw it, and then knew it was going to be a strike, and, you know, flicks it into left center there. And, and um, But I, I would say it wasn't, uh, you know, wearing on me or, or anything like that. I was aware of the situation and just kind of going out there and staying in attack mode and trying to stay efficient because I knew if anything was going to end it besides giving up a hit or, or whatever, it was going to be my pitch count. So I guess maybe thinking about being efficient, filling up the zone a little bit more than normal, but that's kind of my MO in general. So, you know, wasn't changing anything too drastically. Lawson, that have kept going, knowing that it's been, you're coming, first start, first start back off the IL. It's been a while since you've been out over 80 pitches. Like, how, how, how far do you think you could have pushed it? Like, like, how much of a dilemma would that have been? I, I would have fought to stay in there all the way, because I felt great physically, feel great physically now, you know, couple hours removed, still feel great and, and felt strong through the outing. I'm built up, right? I'm 80 whatever innings into this year. Like I am built up even though, yeah, I only went like 60 pitches plus my my two outings before I got hurt and then 60 something in my rehab outing the other day. I know what it takes to go 90, 100 pitches in a, in a big league game. So I would have I would have fought that tooth and nail to stay in there for sure. Uh, it might have been taken out of my hands, but um, you know, now 32 years old, who knows if I'll ever get an opportunity like that ever again. I, you would have had to drag me off the mound, you know. 
that was Ross Stripling post game. Uh, funny note there that he had the option to stay in, but had mentally shut it down uh, once he saw Schneider coming out. Uh, Schneider also joking after the game, you can call him Bob Ross Stripling because he was painting. Uh, he sure was. Very good one. Third most swing and miss he's had on the year. Third highest share of swinging and called strikes, which is usually a good indicator of how good your stuff is on a day. Uh, seven strikeouts ties a season high. And, of course, six perfect innings. And then darn Cedric Mullins with a single. Uh, honestly, shocking that it wasn't Ryan Mountcastle or Rugnet Odor, given uh, how these games have gone this season. So... That was Stripling postgame. The other story from this one, I mean, it was the inning overall, but Santiago Espinal has had a tough go of things for a little while. He started the season off very strong, coming off a strong spring. Um, he was a guy that I was very, very high on as a breakout candidate. He had shown some growth late last year. He showed it through spring training. He, he checked off a lot of the boxes we looked for in a potential breakout. Um, and then pitchers started to learn him a little bit and were hammering him with outside stuff. It was hard for him to hit all those inside pitches with authority. And he had a, a pretty prolonged rough stretch. He could go from June 16th to August 7th. He hit just 206. 252 OBP, 267 slugging. So that's a 519 OPS. That was a not only a far cry from what he had been in the early part of the season, but a far cry from even what he was last year when he was uh, a pretty effective bench piece. Arbitrary cutoffs, of course, but he has 10 hits over his last five starts now and came through with a big one today had three yesterday he was the only guy who could swing the bat yesterday uh i'm taking out that one game he had a, a one uh plate appearance we're, we're not going to count that in the streak but ten, 10 hits over his last five starts um things have been starting to click for him a little bit i still think that the second base reps are going to be shared a little bit with espinal there with Whit Merrifield kind of splitting time between there and center field with Kevin Biggio maybe getting the odd nod there in addition to right field and first base. Uh, you probably won't see Espinal there every single day, but if his bat's starting to come around like this, uh, it certainly beefs up the bottom part of the order and it makes things look a lot better when it turns around to a George Springer and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at the top. Uh, Santiago Espinal seemed pretty happy with it after the game until he got the freezing cold water bath as well. Here's Santiago Espinal uh, speaking with Hazel May on the field immediately after the game. You gotta let me know when they come because I don't want my hair to get wet. A big seventh inning for the Blue Jays, including a two-run double from Santiago Espinal. Listen, after George came off the bench and drove in the first run of the ball game, what did <laughs> what did that two-run double? I know you don't want to get your hair wet, but good luck. your hair wet he doesn't pay attention to me getting back to that two-run double George scores the first run of the ball game what are you thinking in that spot you've got men on base what are you saying to yourself to focus on mechanically or your approach you know I was just trying to stay aggressive and uh, you know trying to get a good pitch to hit and got the double you certainly did you have an all-star first half of the season Things didn't go so well after the All-Star break, but we're seeing you get into more of a groove at the plate now. What was different, SB, from just after the All-Star break, say over the last week or so? You know, nothing changed. Just trying to stay consistent with my work and, uh, you know, come over here and compete every day to try to get the W and try to make the fun, the fun again for the fans. <laughs> the fans are having a ton of fun. How much did this team need this win? Not just for the wild card standings, but for morale there in that clubhouse. It's a must-need, and uh, you know we're going we're going to New York now, 
with, uh, with the good run that we just had right here, and uh, we're just going to New York and trying to get the series. Ross Stripling pitched six perfect innings before giving up that first run, excuse me, first hit. What did you think of the way he performed for you guys in a big spot? I mean, it was amazing the way he came out, aggressive, and, um, you know, we needed him, and he got us. <laughs> he did. Santiago Espinel, good luck in New York. Short and sweet, but we appreciate your time, Santi. Thank you, thank you. Santiago Espinel, uh, popping the crowd. That's a good, that's babyface 101 right there. No matter what happens, uh, no matter how much credit someone tries to give you, you say it was all the all the crowd, and it was all for the crowd. Um, also, the the wrinkle now that um, you can't pour the water on his hair; uh, it has to go right down the back. I, I'm I don't have the type of hair that requires that. Um, I'm sure it's for a good reason, but having it slowly poured down your back seems way worse than just having it quickly dumped on your head. Um, we got a couple texts in the text line, so we've got a lot, actually. I'm not going to get to them all, um, but you can pocket some of them for Jay's Talk Plus tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m. Uh, you can keep them coming to 590-590. Peter in Toronto says, great win today. Thanks to our number five starter. Meanwhile, the unbalanced schedule really – uh, levels the playing field and inflates Central and Western Division team records. Uh, he goes on to say um, the balance schedule can't come quickly enough. Do I agree? Yeah, of course. Um, look at, especially with Baltimore uh, improving as they are. Now, I understand some of the reasons for divisional stuff in terms of travel and, um, you know, TV markets and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, it doesn't put teams on even footing. Look around the league. It's uh, It's pretty obvious that there are some divisions for extended stretches of time that are quite good and others that aren't and if baltimore is for real which they might be probably are either they're for real or the jays are really not for real so take your pick do you want to credit the orioles or do you want to uh you know think the blue jays are are still a pretty good team that's just run into a a good and -and up-and-coming orioles team and the Red Sox are probably going to spend to try to be the Red Sox again. Yeah, it's it's great that there's a more balanced schedule uh, on the horizon. The additional playoff spots should also alleviate some of that where, you know, if you come in third in the AL East a million years in a row, as the Jays once did, uh, you won't always be on the outside looking in. So, yeah, it, it'll be good. Um, for now, though, it is what it is, and you got to take care of business. And when you see teams like – the AL Central teams on the schedule. You got to make the most of those opportunities. Uh, Mark from Toronto says games like that feed the fan base. Love to see it just in time. Can I please explain the H and V plus and minus stats uh, that they show on the board here? So if you've been down to Rogers center and you look up, uh, if you're sitting behind home plate and you look a little to the right of the big screen, uh, you will see in addition to what type of pitch it was and what, the velocity was, you'll see an H reading and a V reading. That is the horizontal H and vertical V uh, break on a pitch relative to average. So um, with horizontal, you're looking at, you know, if there's a big horizontal number, that means a pitch broke left to right way more than an average pitch. Or if it's a, a big minus vertical then that might tell you it's a sinker because it's dropping off more than an average pitch would. Um, I don't know that we're at a point where we need to put a lot of stock into those or expect um, fans to look up at them and be contextualizing them on the fly. We have heard from a couple starting pitchers who have said they'll look at it. Um, it's it's decent information for them, real-time feedback on how their pitches are breaking. Um, but then again, I thought that's something like exit velocity a couple years ago. And keep in mind, I'm a pretty big stats guy. I'm a, a stat cast guy. I'm a analytics guy. Uh, I didn't – I was skeptical that exit velocities needed to be something that were posted in the stadium – um, or, or that people would find value in. And now you get things like, oh, yeah, Vlad's trying to hit a ground ball home run. Let's look at the launch angles and velocity. So, uh, Mark, that's the H and the V. I hope that helps a little bit. Uh, but really, you're going to have to fire up the replays to see how a pitch really broke. Um, speaking of pitches and velocities and looking behind you from on the mound, whether it's for the H and V metrics or because you keep allowing hits. Uh, John Schneider spoke about Yusei Kikuchi after the game. 
Yusei Kikuchi was in the bullpen tonight. John Schneider confirmed that Yusei Kikuchi will be in the bullpen as a member of the bullpen for the time being. They're going to try to find spots to use him um, to get, you know, put him in spots where he can succeed, but also where he can be valuable to the team. Uh, This was interim manager John Schneider talking about that decision uh, and a little bit more around the pitching staff after the game. John, it seems like that one went a little better, starting with Stripling there. What did you see from him in such an important game? Um, He was awesome. I'm obviously perfect through six. We were joking, you can call him Bob Ross Stripling today. He was painting. Um, But when you get an effort like that, I think um, it just puts the bullpen in the right spot. He's obviously a shot in the arm coming back off the IL. He was absolutely fantastic. And it kind of happens quickly once you do get those uh, Springer moments, everything snowballs beyond that. Were you expecting that to happen quickly once you did break through? Yeah, I mean, we have that, you know, we have that kind of offense. And, you know, we've talked about it the last couple of days. Um, big hit by George. Guriel's walk, big hit by Espy. And then Guriel's bases loaded walk to kind of keep the line moving and then Kirky coming through. So it can happen quick. Um, and sometimes it just takes that one inning. And that was, that was an awesome approach by everyone right there. John, that seventh inning just after you made the change there, that ground ball, the play that Bo made. Uh, play the game. And that, that seemed like a spot where things really could have gone either way. Yeah, I mean, against a hitter that's done obviously pretty well against us. Um, you know, it, it was a hell of a play by Bo. He had, a, he had an awesome game all around between that and his at-bats today. He was awesome. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to keep that right there and to keep that runner at third instead of it being first and third and Jimmy having to work through some real traffic, that was, to me, that was a play of the game by Bo. John, we saw Yusei Kikuchi sitting in the bullpen for the game. Have you made a decision there? And is Mitch White going to start on Saturday? Uh, yeah, he's going to. Uh, Yusei is going to pitch out of the bullpen for now, and Mitch will start on Saturday. Um, and we think that he can be definitely very useful in that role uh, going forward. And um, you know, looking forward to getting him into into some good spots. It could be a variety of things. I mean, it could be against left-handed pitching. It could be for some length. But, I mean, we're talking about a guy with an electric arm. And the improvements, although, you know, you can't really see him on paper. You know, I get that part of it. But incrementally, he's been a lot better. Um, So we're excited about it. And, you know, he strikes a lot of guys out, and he has electric stuff. So when put in the right position, I think he can really help us. That was John Schneider postgame talking about Yusei Kikuchi. Ross Stripling, the story in this one. uh, And... The trickle-down of Ross Stripling being so good in the rotation is that even with the injury to Hyunjin Ryu, you can afford to move Yusei Kikuchi to the bullpen for a little bit here. Maybe for the rest of the season. We'll see. Um, Now, afford to is maybe the wrong (laughs) phrasing there um, because it's not ideal and you did have to trade for Mitch White in the interim and things like that, but... um, yeah, you got to figure something out with that guy. And if that's it for now, he'll get another chance to start later, whether that's, I mean, probably next year at this point. Um, we'll see how it goes with Mitch White against the Yankees on Saturday. It's always at least a little fun to see how a guy's going to, like, Kikuchi has not pitched out of the bullpen as a major leaguer. So it'd be cool to see uh, how that goes. Uh, Matt in Mississauga says stripling over Brios for game three of a playoff series is no longer a question at this point. Uh, Matt on merit, I would agree with you. Uh, and I would also say that if you are going to have a starter who doesn't go deep into a game and in, in a playoff game like that, having someone like stripling, who's a little more steady and certain you're, you could be fairly sure you're getting four, maybe five innings versus two or six. Um, that's a little easier to build with. The truth is, with how the Jays have played lately, one of the things they may have cost themselves is the ability to line up your wildcard rotation the way you want it. And what I mean by that is the last game of the series season is on a Wednesday, and it's against the Baltimore Orioles, and the wildcard series starts Friday. If you go into that week and you haven't locked up your spot, whether that's a playoff spot in general or home field in the wildcard series, whatever it is, you don't have the choice to set up your playoff rotation your wildcard series rotation the way you want you're in triage mode you just got to get there and then figure it out it is nice to have stripling back 
to have Stripling stretched out, to have Stripling sounding confident he could have gone longer into that game um, if necessary. So, yeah, Connor and Vaughn says he's naming his firstborn after Ross Stripling. I hope nobody mistakes it for Ross from Friends. Uh, you could avoid that by just naming your son Stripling. If, uh, if it's a boy, Connor, I, I guess that could be a, a girl's name too. But look, there are weirder names out there than Stripling at this point. So, Connor, you go ahead. Uh, you avoid the Friends comparison. Tim from Alliston says, This game might go down as the game that saved the Jays' season. Getting swept and going to New York would have been crippling. Now they have some momentum heading into a very important road series. Uh, Tim, it's a big one. Heading into New York with Baltimore ahead of you in the standings, and with that giant flashing reminder that you could have been in a divisional race if you had played better of late, and instead you're nine and a half back of the Yankees when you could have been, I don't know, five going in there, five back, that would have been a tough one. And I think that especially, you know, there was a moment in that game where Russ Stripling had gone six perfect and the Jays had zero runs. There was a parallel path there where this was a disaster of a game luckily you avoided it um kevin in carrot river saskatchewan asks what i think of john schneider's in-game decision making over the early part of his tenure um honestly uh, and, and uh kevin's question is a lot longer but we're running tight on time here um i haven't noticed a, a huge change really um i think that at least outwardly, it sounded like there's more, maybe a bit more player input. Um, obviously, a little bit more leeway with juggling up the, the batting order, or at least some more willingness to. Um, you know, how much of that is coming from higher up and how much of that is coming from hitting strategy and things like that, we, we can never really be sure. Um, the one thing that they have done a little bit more of that Schneider had mentioned he was going to try to put a stamp on is, is aggression on the base paths, uh, which I like. Um, you know, it hasn't really – they haven't had enough guys on base lately uh, for it to really matter uh, as much. Mark in Toronto asks if Kikuchi and Stripling can just switch contracts, if only. If only. Uh, Ryan from Caledon also points out that while Stripling isn't trusted a third time through the order just yet, uh, that was the case for Robbie Ray at one point too, and he won the Cy Young. Uh, quickly, Adam from Guelph uh, asks how Nate Pearson is tracking for September. I would say he's less likely than Merriweather, Sacedo, Meza, based on where he's at. I, I think yesterday was supposed to be his first bullpen session uh, rather than just throwing off flat ground. So, I don't know that that is uh, that's on the way. Um, Sean from Pilot Butte, Saskatchewan says, uh, "Kikuchi to the bullpen." Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it feels like it's time. Thank you quickly to producer Jr. Earlier, producer Show now, Derek and Andrew, Tom Young, Ben Wagner. Uh, I've been Blake Murphy for Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I will be back tomorrow with Jay's Talk Plus. From 3 to 5 on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. You could also check that out on the Blue Jays Talk podcast feed. Yankees. It's a big series. It's a fun one. Barrios Montes tomorrow will be teeing that up. Uh, thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball. Served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. Uh, I've been Blake Murphy for Jays Talk. Have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday.